Welcome to Motivated with Liberty. Hello, everyone. This is Liberty Bernal, and welcome to another episode of Motivated with Liberty. Today, I get to introduce you to, well, first of all, I get to introduce you to the first man (laughs) that I've had on my show. Um, So that's exciting. And although this audience primarily is female, I know that there are a lot of amazing guys listening in. And um, so that's really cool that we get to relate to everyone who's listening. But I am about to introduce you to someone I've met rather recently through friends of mine and Ryan's that we met in Thailand. But thankfully, they live in LA, which is just a short car trip from San Diego. And recently to celebrate, I think we can officially say our friend anniversary. they mm-hmm. said, we're, we're with our friend Brian. And oh my gosh, once we sat down to lunch with Brian, it was awesome to learn what he's doing. So I'm here to welcome Brian Sanders to Motivated. Um, Brian is the filmmaker behind the feature length documentary Food Lies and the host of another podcast, which is called mm-hmm. Peak human. He graduated from UCLA with a degree in mechanical engineering and then turned to technology and sold an app company. He's used his technical background and love for fitness and nutrition to also work as a health coach and is the co-founder of the health media and technology company Sapien. So Brian, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much. It was so much fun to have lunch with you in near San Diego. I know. It worked out so well. And you know, it was funny as I remember last year in Thailand, our friends Keely and Matt had talked about you because as I started explaining what I've done in my past, which is the whole fitness nutrition wellness world, they were like, oh my gosh, our friend Brian. And then we got to meet you. And it was just so cool to, you know, have that conversation that ended up turning, you know, obviously the focus was nutrition and we're both fitness fanatics, I would say, Mm -hmm. but we have pretty, you know, polar (laughs) views on, um, on eating. And I don't mean to say that in terms of, I completely disagree with you, but you know, essentially now I'm following you on Instagram and sometimes the meals you post, I'm like, Oh, I would never <laughs> eat that. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I, know, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like it's so I guess we need to explain that more. So let me back up and, and stop rambling myself, Brian, and start asking you questions. I think anyone listening is like, wait, what is she talking about? What is this mm-hmm. guy about? So what are you up to? What are you doing? You know, I, I introduced you, but what got you here? What, what's your story? Mm. Yeah, well, I yeah, it's a circuitous path to get here, but it really, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm making a film, I'm doing technology, I'm doing podcasts, I'm writing a book, I'm putting out YouTube videos and social media, and it's all based around health and wellness and fitness and all this type of stuff, and nutrition is really the core to this, so mm-hmm. I, I got here, I guess, because my parents, really, they... I mean, I, I'm 36 now. I was about 30, 31, basically lost both my parents to chronic disease. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just really shook me up. Like, I need to focus on this. And there are these chronic diseases that are very typical in modern society, but aren't typical to humans, which is cancers and Alzheimer's, 
like many of these modern chronic diseases we just think are normal and like oh this is just part of life mm-hmm. but they are not normal to homo sapiens they're not what should happen to us we i believe you know when we study other cultures who live ancestrally and live you know their native lifestyle they don't get these diseases and they do live long there's another uh sort of this um misinformation out there that they oh they died at 35 or that kind of thing whether you're talking about distant ancestors or modern native living people if they have access to adequate you know medical attention so that and they they don't die of like a you know some kind of uh, accident or like uh, what's it called uh you know just a a, a acute illness right like they got a virus then they do live long they and they can live into their 80s and they live in this ancestral way and so that kind of shapes how i started looking at nutrition and actually i've talked to about 150 people over the last three years about all this from all sides through my podcast through making the film and i've learned a lot i've learned so much i've looked at all different sides and i've looked at like i said these different cultures that are still living around the world and different pockets that haven't been touched by Western society or, you know, read books and all kinds of stuff. And I learned about how to not get these chronic diseases and how to have optimum nutrition. And I'm putting that into a film called Food Lives where, you know, we're looking at what's the best way to eat? Where did humans come from? How should we eat? And then how to do it in a sustainable way, an environmentally friendly way. And um, yeah, so I kind of just started doing all this. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's a lot that you, it really took off. And I can only imagine, I mean, my father passed away as well. My mom is still here, but my dad, I mean, he had a few heart attacks, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. his life and toward the end of his life. And my dad was significantly older. I, I would believe to say he's lucky he lived as long as he did, mm-hmm. given the heart disease he had. And, you know, my thought when my dad had passed away, you know, it's, it is shocking, right? It like shakes you to the core. And so I was going to say, I can't imagine losing both parents so soon. I can understand why you went so quickly down that, you know, kind of rabbit hole, I guess, of research and what mm-hmm. really makes us tick, I suppose, as humans and sapiens. But, um, you know, I always made my dad, what I thought were my dad's poor choices, like giant steaks, you know, and he loved cheese. He lived in Europe for 20 years. So, you know, he had, I automatically assume like, oh, my dad's lifestyle, like that's what did it, you know, but perhaps not just that. There's so much more to it. And I think many of us jump to conclusions very quickly without doing the proper research. And it sounds like that's really what you've been up to. I mean, saying you've talked to 150 people, that's a lot. Oh, that's yeah. A lot of time. That's all I do. A lot I, of research. Yeah. <laughs> well, I quit my job. I, I mean, I, yeah, I just went all into this. So it's amazing. So, yeah. So, I think the biggest message I have and what I want to clear up is your, your dad probably did have a less than ideal lifestyle. And mm-hmm. even and the steak was not the problem. There's many other problems that could have been happening, and that that that's what's we have the red meat, especially, and other animal foods have really negative per, perception in our culture yes. right now. 
Yeah. But I think they're, this is kind of one of the biggest messages. They're unfairly being blamed because animal foods throughout history have been the foundation of human diets. And there's, you know, we have all kinds of proof of this. I mean, everyone knows, you know, we, we have cave paintings of us, you know, spearing these large animals or aurochs or any mm -hmm. kind of um, ancient elephants and woolly mammoth. And this is how we live. This is where we came from. This is how we became human. But then somewhere along the way, we, in kind of the last hundred years, we've, meat has this very negative connotation, especially in Western cultures. Because if, well, I'll just lay it out pretty simply. If you're eating a high meat or high fat diet with a whole bunch of refined carbs and sugar, it is terrible. This, mm -hmm. is, this is not a good lifestyle for It's that for combination. Anyone. It's the combination. Yes. And so you can't blame it on animal foods. But just like I, we can't blame it on carbs. Right, I'm in kind of a low carb world, and everyone yeah. is like, "Oh, we're paleo, we're keto, and all this." And everyone's like, "Oh, carbs are lame. Like carbs suck." I'm like, "No, we can't do that either, because <laughs> carbs are not inherently bad, right? It's just if you're eating them together." And I, so I, I kind of started down this route and thought that like, "Oh, low carb worked for me. Like I lost like four inches. I, you know, I used to wear size 32 pants, and I'm like 28." Wow. I've got all kinds of abs and all well, kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and you're like super ripped. I mean, <laughs> your before and after picture, it was like, dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So it worked for me. It was amazing. Yes. Like I didn't count calories. I didn't do anything. I just started wanting carbs and sugar and it all melted away and I felt amazing. Right. But then like so many other people, I got, I got like caught up in it. I thought it was magic. I thought it was the only way to go. But then I kind of went on this journey and talked to all those people and talked to vegans. I talked to, you know, like well-known vegan doctors and, and, and all kinds of just random people to, to realize and realize that there's more out there than just saying one thing is bad. One thing is good. There's one yes. way to do something. And yes. yeah. And yeah. And I think we definitely agree there. And you know, my personal choices aren't something I would say, you know, don't eat red meat, don't eat this, you know, and it's even down to a very interesting conversation with, you know, our six-year-old last night at dinner talking about chicken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I used to eat poultry too, but dang it, Morgan Spurlock came out with Super Size Me Too. <laughs> um, Did you see that yet? I didn't oh. see the new one, no. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you need to watch this. Obviously you more than like anyone. Uh -huh. It is so interesting. He it's called Holy Chicken. And he opens a restaurant that serves primarily chicken, but he does it in a very satirical way. And it all comes together at the end. But it now both Ryan and my poor husband, like I feel like I opened up all these horrible doors for him. To like, well, he's that's like, no, the... I don't want to see this. But we literally like right now we can't eat chicken because we can't unsee what we saw in Morgan Spurlock's documentary. It's like and it's a, the, the big the big industry, right? It's the Purdue's of the world and the big chicken companies and not just what they do to the chickens, but. Oh, you just have to watch it. I'll stop talking. About uh, well, that. well, no, I know, I know how this Ugh. stuff works, and I actually, I mean, I don't really eat chicken either for mm. two reasons. One is that I think it's raised terribly. Oh my that gosh, whole, it's so how awful! It's it's just a nightmare how it's raised, and it's yes. also, I mean, I don't think it's particularly good nutrition anyway. Mm -hmm. I like I, 
I think that, you know, eat red meat, uh, the, it's like blasphemy to say, I think it has, you know, the best nutrition. It has the most nutrients and vitamins and minerals and the most, in the most bioavailable form. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I and I, I definitely yeah. don't. Yeah. I, I agree. And the chicken. Yeah. The chicken thing. Well, well the but chicken. the thing yeah. is, it's like our six-year-old was asking because Ryan and I kind of had the side conversation at dinner. We we're out to dinner. And we're like, oh, yeah, no, not the chicken. And she was like, why aren't you guys getting chicken? And we're like, well, Grace, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we, 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 just said, we just said it very black and white. We watched this TV show and we learned about how chickens are treated. And we're like, you know, you understand they kill the chicken and you eat it. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, well, we really had a problem with what we saw in the show and how poorly the chickens were treated and we're like, but you need to make your own decision. Like, we're not going to impose that on her. Like, it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel right for us. That's our parenting decision. But yeah. you know, she was like, huh, you know, and kind of like sat there. <laughs> poor little thing. Okay. And she's like, I won't order chicken then today either. And she's like, sometimes <laughs> I'm going to have chicken and we're like, that's fine. Like you'll figure it out, you know, but you know, there's all sorts of interesting directions to go. Right. Like you think of that impact of like, Ooh. you know, Ah, I don't even, yeah. it's interesting, but I'm glad you say that you don't think the chicken is as nutrient dense or that's not a good decision anyway. Uh, um, not really. We, we, so there's so much to this. So we, we kind of went down this part, kind of wrong path around the 1960s and we had this whole idea that saturated fat is bad. If you eat cholesterol, it ends up in your arteries. If you eat saturated fat, it ends up as cholesterol. Like we, mm-hmm. we, we had these hypotheses and we didn't, and it, it kind of made sense at the time. We opened up um, rabbits, I believe, and we looked and we fed them like a high saturated fat diet. And then we did the, the, the autopsy and there was, oh, there's atherosclerosis. You know, there was clogged arteries. I'm like, well, for one thing, rabbits are herbivores. Right. They're not supposed to be eating saturated no. fat. <laughs> and, and, and so there's, there's this whole cascade of events that are, are similar to that, where we didn't, we didn't even have the right tools, the right scientific tools to study nutrition properly. But then the, the short story is there's kind of like two big figures in this battle. There's this guy, Ansel Keys, and there was another guy, John Yudkin from England, and they both had competing ideas. And we were trying to solve a problem. There's a heart disease epidemic starting in the 50s. And really looking back, it could be because of smoking. We're like, this is when everyone was smoking nonstop. Right. And, and, um. But then, yes, there was all these new processed foods and oils being introduced in our food supply. So there's all kinds of things. But then the, the we had this whole McGovern committee that was tasked with deciding what was the problem. And Ansel Keys was like, it's saturated fat. He studied some countries around the world and kind of cherry picked them to fit his, his like narrative that it was saturated fat. And there's a guy, John Yudkin, he's like, no, it's sugar. It's the sugars and it's the refined grains that are doing it. And, you know, Ansel Keys just kind of won out. But it's, it's kind of both, really. You know what I mean? It's like, really, they're both right. Because if you have an excess of both of them, it causes a problem. But if you just choose kind of one of those directions, if you're going a more high fat route, or you're going a more low fat route, you can be healthy. The problem is no one in America does that. Well, they're all stuck in the middle eating high fat and high carb at the same time. And then they end up sick and obese. So it's super complicated. There's a lot of nuance because there's even this whole thing of like, oh, well, what about people, calorie counting people and they're, you know, eating a mixed diet, but they're restricting calories and maybe they are of normal weight and they, they can be healthy. And then you're like, okay, well, what about them? And then there's a whole story there. So it's it, all this stuff's super complicated. 
But this is all in your documentary, right? It's all in Food Lies. It's all in Food Lies, but we're going beyond and trying to just, yeah, we're going beyond normal films where they just say, there's like the vegan film. It's like, if you eat red mm-hmm. meat, you're dead in 10 yeah. seconds. And then yeah. there's another film, like there's a keto film on Netflix called The Magic Pill. And they're like, look at all the magic of keto. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know, it, I mean, it's great. But they're trying to make it seem like this is the only thing to do. Well, I think, too, it boils down. And what I have finally figured out as I have finally, you know, just appreciated moderation and balance in my life. It took forever, but I'm there. And that's what it is. It's what what makes you feel good. And I think that's finally just even in this past 12 months, I really listened to my body and tried variations of diet and found what I felt to be, you know, what works well. And I, I test my body to limits. I run, you know, 10 miles like today, this morning, my run was 10 miles. Like I'm not, you know, just like hoping to get in a quick 30 minutes. It really, my, my food is my energy and it impacts performance. Mm -hmm. So I've listened to that more and that's where I'm at. And it turned out that, I mean, the last couple of times I ate red meat, I got sick and I don't know, frankly, if it was coincidence, you know, I don't know if it was all in my head, but I know I don't feel that great. And I'll take a bite here and there. I don't, I, I feel really bad for the cows and stuff. <laughs> and I try to be responsible. Like you said, there's a social responsibility and, you know, humane treatment, that sort of thing. But I just don't like it. Um, and I think that's where some people are at too. Like they've tried everything, you know, making little quotes with my fingers mm-hmm. and they finally hit a point where they're like, I just, I do want to feel good. Now does refined sugar and processed sugar make people feel good at some point? Yes. And that's where the education comes in. Like you just can't do that. You need to wean away to where, you know, eating healthfully feels good. Um, but that's yeah. like, I mean, that is 12 podcasts deep, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to come to all the conclusions of the perfect diet um, quickly, but it's, it's really just awareness. And I think for a lot of vegans and vegetarians who ride that train, I appreciate them, but they get a bit extreme and putting down, you know, keto or a way of eating like what you, what you tend to go, you know, animal, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is, you know, some people would be like horrified by you, Brian, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I I mean, I guess I'm public, I'm online, you know, I have a social yeah. media presence and I get some of that, but yeah. it's how I've found to be healthy and That's it's, awesome. be, it is about preference. So, well, some, I mean, I, I just went out with a girl who said this, that, the same thing. She was kind of raised by vegan parents and she tries to eat a little red meat and she just feels sick. It just doesn't work, but that your body's not ready. There's so much to the story. I mean, even the gut microbiome is this like a crazy world that we're trying to figure out now. And that some of the stuff we do know about it is that you, when you eat certain foods, you develop certain strains of bacteria and all this whole thing that helps digest that type of food. And if you go away from that, or if you're not ready for it, like you've never had this type of food, or it's been too long since you've had a certain type of food, then it, it, there's negative consequences. So there's that kind of the, there's the opposite side too. Where if you feel bad eating a piece of red meat, there's people, many people I know in my community that will feel terrible if they eat any kind of green vegetable. They, oh they'll have like a bit of kale and they'll be ruined for days. That is so interesting because that to me, and I don't know why I'm automatically jumping to the conclusion like, oh, but that's wrong. <laughs> no, it's not like, wrong. I'm such a fruit and veggie lover, but I, yeah, I'm trying to be open-minded here, but that makes sense. I mean, the gut it's biome the thing gut biome. and what your body's used to. And that's, 
you know, nature, right? That's part kind of evolution, a whole other story, but that's our bodies tend to acclimate and evolve to what we have access to. And that's just part of how cool mother nature is, you know? Um, I guess you can put, that's very simply put, right? But I'm well, that's sure. how humans work. That's why yes. humans are the most successful species on planet that's Earth. That's why we're alive. That's why we are. We've, we've yeah. populated every continent, every bit of every place with all the different climates and geographies and weather pattern and all this. And it's because we're adaptable and that we're omnivorous. And that, But people living in the North and throughout history, there's been ice ages and there's been times when we, we populated Northern Europe when we didn't have access to plant foods for much of the year. Yeah. Like it's, it's so then there's also people who live near the equator and maybe didn't have tons of fatty meat all the time. You know, they were getting some protein, they're getting, you know, they could get some oysters and some fish and then they had tons of plant foods and they both can thrive. And, and I, I, some of it's genetics, some of it's just, you can get used to it. Some of it's, you know, yeah, your, your family, there's all yeah, kinds so of stuff many. going on. But Brian, that's so logical. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> You're being too logical right now. Like that's is. too much for people. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, you know, it's funny. It's very logical is that all these different diets we have nowadays are really just mimicking different seasons or geographies of the world hmm. where yeah, a keto yeah. diet is basically just mimicking a time or a location where we had access to a lot of fat. Right. And we didn't have yeah. a lot of access to a lot of carbs. So we use fat as our fuel source and it's fine. It's perfect. It's amazing. There's nothing wrong with it. And like, there should no be diet wars. Of, it's like, this is bad. <laughs> it's like, no, we developed these mechanisms because we, we spent, you know, pre-humans and humans a million, couple million years, you know, adapting and, and our bodies learn to deal with this. And we have ketones that are produced when we, when there's a lack of carbohydrates and our brain can use them, our body can use them. And yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to this stuff. I mean, really, if you look at it from this human physiology point of view, the, the fat is the preferred fuel source. Because carbs, we can only hold a certain amount of carbohydrates in our body. We can store it in glycogen and our liver and our muscle tissue and a tiny bit in our blood, like blood glucose, we, we want to get that out, you know, carbs turn to glucose, we mm -hmm. basically trying to get that out of our bloodstream as soon as possible. But so we can store a certain amount of energy as glucose. It's about a, it's like a couple thousand calories, but you can store almost unlimited amount of fuel as fat. I mean, even a thin person, I think the statistic is they could, they could walk from like Florida to like New York or something on the on the amount of body fat that they have stored mm, on that energy yep. so this is you know this is sort of this untapped potential that most people don't use is using fat as fuel and so that's you know that's just one way to do it where i went my whole life just using glucose or carbohydrates as fuel and i had to eat every few hours and i didn't you know if i didn't eat i'd feel terrible but then, and then finally, you know, I got fat adapted, as they say, I'm not like a keto person, like you, you need to be in ketosis all the time or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. I just got fat adapted. I got my body to switch over to you be able to use fat and everything changed, everything got better. And, and that's why I'm so interested in it. And then you start researching it and, and going, I go to conferences and learn about all the science behind it. And it's super interesting to know, you know, how it works, why it works. 
and this is, you know, what happened with our ancestors going around, they didn't always have access to food. We couldn't just rely on having carb, you know, snacks every two hours. So it, very it true. Sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And, you know, I, so many questions pop in my brain. I'm like, I'm watching the clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, ah, yeah, yeah. Have to come back and answer more questions. But, you know, one thing I think <clears throat> that I would say might come to most people's minds is, you know, how, how do we know, you know, if we're like, you and I are both like open, right? Like we're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you got to find what works for you or, you know, really research the science as, as you found, you know, the fat, the, you know, fat is, is energy is such great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, where is that balance? Do you think, because I know like I way back, like 1999, I think is the last time I did anything remotely close to keto. And mm-hmm. I learned about ketosis through a book I read called the body opus diet. Mm-hmm. It was like keto before keto. Uh-huh. And I did it. I lost a ton of weight, but I didn't feel all that great. But I didn't care. You know, I'm 19 wanting to look a certain way. But as soon as I went away from that diet, I gained back that weight and then some, and I mm. had some trouble balancing it. Eventually I did. But I, in you know, from then on, I was like, oh, do not do anything like that. And we're not meant to be in ketosis. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But I think there's a lot of people listening who aren't researching like you and I are, and they're leaning on us to find their truth in it. So what would you recommend? Like if Mm. you're, you know, I keep asking this question because it just kind of helps. If you're stuck in the elevator with someone, you only got a few stories to go and they're like, help me. What would you say? What, what is your answer from your research? Okay. So it kind of comes down to preferences. So I've been kind of trying to say, although I do prefer the fat based side, I know that both sides can work. And I do do health coaching and I work with patients and I'm partnered with a doctor. So I, I've seen a lot of this and, I, and, and okay. So it comes down <laughs> to what you want to eat. So if you know both sides of nutrition, you know that there's a healthy way to eat meat. You don't have to be in ketosis too. There's this whole other story that we won't go into, you know, what happened with you or what, or the mm-hmm. whole thing about ketosis. But I'll just say it's, I, I'm metabolically flexible where I, I am not always in ketosis, but I can, I can use fat if I need it, or I can use carbs if I need it, because I'm metabolically flexible. Most people are only able to use carbs as tools because they never unlock this fat, you know, burning potential. So, but anyway, so if you, if people know, if <laughs> I people, want to know more. So oh, if next, people, next one, next, next time one, I can explain on. more detail, but I'll, I'll give you the, the high level view is that if people know both sides of nutrition, if they know that there's a way, if they're like, I love bacon like I can't live without bacon mm-hmm. there is a way to eat bacon in a healthy way that you could do like I do and you can go high fat you just have to avoid carbs and sugar or if you're like I just love salads and fruit this is like it I'm not going to live without it then go down your path and you can have a, a perfectly healthy diet that way too but I the main thing I want people to know is you can eat these foods in healthy ways and it really is based on lo- like how long am I going to do this for? Is this sustainable? I hate yes. like crash diets. So if it's, what's sustainable, it's a lifestyle for me is to, I focus on nutrient density. So carbs and sugar don't, well, refined carbs especially and sugar don't have nu- good nutrient density, mm-hmm. right? So, I, so it's like not only they're bad for you in multiple ways. So I choose like most nutrient dense foods and 
this is going to, and I find them delicious and I can do this for life. I mean, the last picture I posted on Instagram, I had a burger patty. Well, I, I have my a whole grass fed meat company where I, so I have all this well-raised beef that actually re- restores environment, which is a whole nother story. But <laughs> it, and I eat this grass fed meat with a pastured cheese, right? Grass fed cows. I had onions, mushrooms, I had guacamole on top. I make my own guac and I had an egg, uh, you know, pasture raised egg, like with eating all the little bugs and running around the field and not, you know, in some warehouse from Purdue. And yeah, and, and you and know I, that for a fact, hopefully, because that was what Morgan Spurlock kind of find out, found out about what we can put on this food as a label yes as a label it's all kinds of different labels yes it's like oh they have access to this for like one hour a day and yeah or like they we open the door and they can go in this teeny tiny area but they're also scared they really don't but we can say they're free range now like ah (laughs) well okay so part of this part of is how i know well one well i don't get the eggs from my farm because we don't do eggs but i go to a farmer's market but also even if you didn't know you, you can get some pretty good eggs in stores but you can tell by the color of the yolk because if if it's not a deep orange yolk then it's probably fake <laughs> pastured like you said or free range yeah. like you could tell because the, i bought all kinds of eggs in my day and mm. these ones are bright orange and that means the chicken was that's eating a good sign the natural diet yes and you can have all kinds you can go to costco and get these supposedly right. free range eggs and they're yes. not orange they're yellow Mm-mm. i've tried it so same. So anyway, so I have, and then and I had a piece of bacon. So this is my, oh, and I had pickles. Like I have my, you know, plant foods and my animal foods. Mm-hmm. It's very heavy by calories. It's very heavy on the animals food side. And I love it. And I feel amazing. And I'm building muscle and I'm losing, well, I'm not even losing weight anymore, but my, my blood lipid panels are getting better. And my triglyceride to HDL ratio is getting better. And that's huge, right? Like the actual testing of the your testing body. is huge yeah. yes inflammation has gone down i actually had 10 years of chronic overuse injuries from using the computer and it was mm. just infl- inflamed like my basically i stopped i started eating this way and it got better it, it, i didn't even believe awesome. it i'm like well, how is this going away because it's this inf- chronic inflammation that's caused by pro- mostly you know refined grains and sugars that cut it out and then i remember adding it back in and it, it came back like i messed around for a weekend it was like the super bowl and the week after, yes. and, and then the, the wrist pain came back, cut it out yes. again. It's all good. So, so, okay. So I, I found a way that's sustainable for me. This is my lifestyle. I love it and I feel great. But then if someone is, I love just big salads. I love all these delicious fruits, then go down that path, but don't eat. Yeah. Then don't eat a big fat ribeye and bacon <laughs> with all your you know, sugary fruits and breads and stuff like that. So you just have to, so I love to let people know that they can be healthy in different ways. They have to just know how to construct that diet and, and know, and not be scared of any foods unless it's in a package and it's a a Twix bar. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And yeah, I agree with you. Once you're used to clean eating, whether that means including, you know, food from animals, I think that can be clean as well. But once your body's used to it, when you do decide to cheat, <laughs> it's not pretty. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's a good thing that keeps you on track. But it takes a little time for your body to adjust. Um, 
Wow. I am so amazed by your story and your knowledge. And I'm really excited to see Food Lies. And I know when you go to the website, it has a trailer and you can pre-order it, right? Mm -hmm. So plenty of opportunity to pre-order it. Um, Indiegogo is your, looks like the pre-order of choice link. So anyone who's interested in Food Lies can go to foodlies.org, right? Mm -hmm. And learn a lot more there. Do you know when it will be available to the public. I think we're, it, it, it. yeah, it should be in the fall. It should be cool. in the fall. And there's more awesome. stuff on YouTube too. It's a really outdated trailer, but we we filmed with some amazing farmers around North America, and there's some really great, you know, content about you know this whole animal story and and environmental and welfare and all kinds oh of stuff gosh, everything soil. everything we need to know i feel yeah. like it's our responsibility to know this information so i certainly appreciate you doing all of this i mean i you know i do not ever want to be a one-sided educator or trainer or coach so um i really appreciate your viewpoint so very much i thought we were going to butt heads a little bit more frankly <laughs> but we're agreeing so that's good. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's also what i found is when i talked to a lot of people it's for one thing i want to make this film so that more people pay attention to health so we it, you can agree with it disagree with it but at least it will bring more awareness to you know health and eating whole foods and all this kind of thing but then also what I've found is when I talk to people who have any interest in health, we always get along more than we disagree because we kind of agree on most of the same things. We, we want to be healthy. We want to eat whole foods. We want to protect animal welfare and the environment. And we're all on the same page. It's just, there's different ways to go about it and not, they're not wrong maybe. And maybe there's overlap, maybe there's not, but we're, we're working towards the same mission. It's kind of funny. I spoke at a conference, a food industry conference, and they pitted me up against a vegan. They're trying to be like carnivore versus <laughs> vegan. And it was supposed to be this big battle type of thing. And we ended up hanging out and eating lunch beforehand, mm. all that. And we're just like, oh, wait, we disagree on almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> but your goals are the same. I mean, it's a passion to help people understand. It's a passion for people to live healthfully, happily, eating nutrient dense, like you said, you know, that those are all the keys and that really should be what keeps us all. We are all on the same page. Um, but you know, I think the general public needs to keep learning and keep listening and you're just doing a great job of sharing it. So, um, you know, sapien.org I know too, is your um, website. And I just literally put in my email address to join the newsletter. Oh, yes. I did want your newsletters and hopefully everyone listening does that as well. But before we go for today, Brian, is there anything else that you would like to share? Let everyone know. Uh, no, I think we did it all. I, I just, just again, want to reiterate the importance of the sustainability of your diet, not trying to do crash diets, find out what you like and find out how to do that in a healthy way. And don't be afraid of red meat if you enjoy it. There's so many, it's a very human thing to enjoy it because humans have been eating red meat forever. So, but, but just look more into it. Like just don't be eating red meat with French fries and with like tons of processed foods because you will get problems. Just kind of know that you have to kind of think about these things. 
Good. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you so, so very much. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you anyone listening. Please spread the word about this podcast. It's motivated with Liberty and we're here for inspiration to do with mindset, fitness, nutrition, and wellness. And Brian, thank you so, so much again. All right. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Don't forget to visit libertybernallfitness.com. Check out my Instagram feed, free workout videos, information about coaching, and more.